thewellnesscouch.com, streaming wellness into your life. We've always taken mums the word to mean keeping things to ourselves. Well, this is no longer the case as we provide mums with the natural, honest, and reliable resources they need from experts and other mums to keep their families happy, healthy, and safe. Be prepared to use your passion for parenting to empower yourself with the knowledge of choice. Welcome to Mums the Word with your host, mum and chiropractor, Kaz Jaff. Hey there, you're listening to Kaz Jaff and this is Mums the Word. We're here another week uh, covering great topics for pregnancy, conception, fertility, birth and the early parenting years and I'm very happy to have Anna Chisholm on this week and we discuss a whole lot of things including nourishing the mother. How about that? Um, we talk all about the baby but we want to talk about uh, the mother being able to give as well um, so that she can be her best and, and have the energy to give to uh, her children as she wants. So um, we talk health coaching, we talk, talk uh, changing your vocation uh, after you've had kids just because maybe you're more inspired or more sensitive. We also talk uh, some great tips that Anna shares as well. So it's a really fantastic episode and we get down uh, to some nitty-gritty, I guess. So Anna coaches mums who want to lose weight, boost their energy, get fit, and create a life they are passionate about living. With a background in nutrition, social work, and personal training, Anna works with women in all areas of their health to set and achieve personalized goals. You can find out more about Anna, of course, and grab her free smoothie guide at her website, www.annachism.com. And of course, at the end, we go into all her uh, tips and links and, and details, and we'll share all about her and even more about the work that she's doing. So enjoy the episode and uh, very happy to have you on board. Once again, if you'd like to join the community, we have a Facebook page at, and that's Mums the Word Podcast and also a website, mumsthewordpodcast.com where you can sign up and you can receive these show notes delivered to your inbox and other little um, uh, prizes and giveaways that I give only to the um, people that sign up. So happy to have you on board and enjoy the episode. Good morning, Anna. So happy to have you on board. Please tell us more about yourself. Hey, Kels. Thanks so much for having me. Um, about me. So I'm a mum of two little ones. I've got an 18-month-old and a three-and-a-half-year-old, so I'm Still very much in the thick of little kids at the moment. Um, I live in Sydney with my partner. I, yeah, work from home as a health coach. Um, so I've got a really flexible kind of um, work home environment, which is awesome when I've got little ones. Um, my background is actually as a social worker. So um, probably for 10 years I worked as a social worker in, in hospitals and emergency departments and maternity units. Um, so that's my background and yeah, now, you know, as, as I've had kids and need a bit of more flexible arrangement, um, I've sort of moved into the work that I do, um, from home as a health coach. So that's where I'm at at the moment. Exciting. So, so tell us that road to being a health coach. I mean, obviously there's some sort of inspiration that got you to shift from, from that work to what you're doing now. And just, just tell us a bit about that road to, um, to your career now. Sure. So it's been a bit of a funny road for me, I guess. Yeah, so I started out studying social work at uni and moved straight into that when I graduated. Um, and I worked in, in hospitals and for non-profit organisations, both here in Sydney and also um, in and around London. So I did that for quite a while and that was really my first passion. So I'm big on social justice and and obviously have a strong, you know, want and need to help other people. Um, 
so yeah, started out doing that, loved it. You know, it was everything I, I thought it would be and really enjoyed that atmosphere, especially working in a hospital environment. Um, but as you can imagine, you know, you get burnt out quite quickly doing that um, and working in emergency departments in particular and in intensive care units. I just found that I needed some space from that. So when I was in London, I actually stopped doing that and trained as a personal trainer over there, which was awesome. Um, much more fun and uplifting sort of thing to do while I was living overseas. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah worked, worked in that overseas, um, trained women on power plates in particular over there and in a Pilates studio and um, had some private clients as well. Um, but I guess I really still had that calling to go back to social work. I don't think it was fulfilling me being a personal trainer, even though I love doing that and I love fitness myself and very um, energetic sort of person, I just didn't feel that um, heart-centered sort of work, I guess. So when we moved back to Sydney from London, I went back into social work and did that for another few years and, and again, really loved it. And I was working primarily in, in emergency and maternity back in Sydney and really loved that work. Um, until I had my babies and <laughs> then I just, I couldn't do it anymore and, you know, working a lot in pregnancy and, and pregnancy loss and, and in maternity, I just didn't feel it was fair for my clients um, and also fair for my family because as much as I got, um, I guess, trained in, in switching off and, and debriefing properly and whatever, when I got home, I just didn't have that much to give my family and having little ones, I just, it wasn't the right time for me to continue doing that. So when I was on maternity leave with my second baby, I decided that I needed a massive change and, and I wanted to find something that pulled all of my skills together. Um, so I actually enrolled in um a course to become a health coach and, and trained in nutrition there. And so I knew that I would be able to bring that nutrition, the personal training and the counseling from the social work all together um, to be a health coach or a health counselor, which is what I do today. Amazing. Um, yeah, no, it all fits. And I think, I think when you become a mum, obviously the, uh, the purpose of, you know, of what we want to do for the rest of our life changes and, and um, just we need more meaningfulness. But also the, the sensitivity, like you said, you know, just we're more sensitive. Yeah, yeah, I would totally agree with that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so then you, you did a health coaching course as well. I did. So, yeah, I studied the health coaching course while I was on maternity leave with my second baby, which was absolutely perfect because it was all online. I would listen to lectures while I was breastfeeding. Um, it just suited me really well. I could do it all from home. Um, it wasn't too stressful or anything like that. So I, I kind of did that study um, and I – do you know, like I knew I wanted to be a health coach and, and then I was like, okay, well, who do I want to help as a health coach and trying to find that, oh, I guess they call it your niche or your target market or whatever, I really needed to go back into myself and really look at what I struggled with and then from there I knew that I could figure out who I wanted to help. 
and, and you know, that's kind of evolved over time, but I primarily work with mums um, and that really came from my birth story, I guess, or my struggles as a new mum. And, and that started for me with the birth of my first daughter um, and she was born via C-section, which definitely was not my plan um, as it, you probably, you know, most often isn't the plan with mums. Um, so she was breech. Um, we tried everything. We tried manual turning, acupuncture, things being burnt, around, like, you know, sensing, yeah. yeah, around my toes. I was willing to try everything. Um, to have a natural or vaginal birth, but it didn't end up that way. And I really struggled with that, actually. I, um, I didn't bond with my baby straight away, I would say. I, I had an experience in hospital when she came out where she was sent with my husband up to my room to wait for me and I was taken to recovery. So I actually wasn't given any time skin to skin with her um, which looking back, I didn't realize that that was a thing, you know, as a new mum. I, I knew, I kind of knew in my heart that that's what I wanted, but I didn't know that, that that was, you know, whether that was protocol in hospital. I just, I didn't know what my rights were or what, how it was supposed to go. Well, you so, could even ask for it. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, I guess I was just happy that everything was fine and, you know, my husband was with her. That was really important to me. Um, but for me, that, that, Number one, I felt that I didn't bond with her very well because of that. And also breastfeeding didn't go very well for me. And in my mind, a lot of that was because she wasn't straight on my breasts, you know. She was just kind of taken away. and wasn't that given that skin-to-skin contact and it kind of all snowballed out of control from there for me. Yeah, it's common. It's really common. Thank you for sharing that. You know, it's... um. It's obviously taken a lot of healing to get to, to where you are to talk about it on the podcast. Definitely. And I do, you know, I feel fine with it now. And I, I think, you know, th- that birth and also the birth of my second son, which is a different story, but they, it's kind of really encouraged and inspired me to be really honest and really raw with other mums because I find that that's where the healing happens. And, and whether that's, emotional healing or whether that's physical healing I think being really open raw and honest and and giving mums a space in in the health coaching to to explore those things and a safe space to start to talk about these things is really where I see change happen Um, and you know mums come to me initially because they want to lose weight or they want to get fit or they want to increase their energy and I'm totally about that and I love that and I love seeing that that change in mums but in order for that change to happen we need to go deeper and then that you know a lot of that starts around the birth story for them or you know emotional eating because they you know felt out of control as a new mum or you I mean you can imagine there's so much stuff that comes up for mums um, to really get to that place where they can start to um, eat clean and, and have the energy to exercise and, and look after themselves and, and nourish their relationships, all of those things, really we need to go back and, and find out what, what makes them tick or, or where their struggles are and what's kind of lying deep below the surface. So that's where 
where I love to go with mums and that's where I see the biggest change for sure. No, it's just so amazing what a skill set that you've developed with your social uh, <clears throat> social work as well. But I think you've hit it on the head with the with the authenticity. You know, we're all attracted to um, to an authentic story, more so that we can see the humanistic side mm-hmm. um, in others that all, you know, like I always ask, as you, as you know, I always ask about the struggles on this. Um, yeah. podcast because we all have them <laughs> you know that's that's pretty much the name of the of the um of the podcast is not keeping secrets and exactly. you know, not sharing it for ourselves and just yeah like we're all in it together yeah yeah so um and what type of clients I mean I know you said mum so what are, what are the type of mums shall I say that gets the most out of your coaching program Look, it's funny I've got I've got all different mums that come to me at different kind of stages of their health journey um but I, I work with, as I say, I work with two sets of mums. So the first sets of mums would be sort of the new mums. So I've, I do um, go into mothers groups and give talks, just free talks for mothers groups on how to start eating well and, you know, cut back on sugar and caffeine and, and eating whole foods and more plants, um, how to get back into exercise, how to take care of yourself, those sorts of things. So those mums, it would be more around, yeah, that, okay, that new phase of motherhood and, and, you know, as you can imagine, most mothers groups, they're first-time mums. So it's really about how to fit everything in and how to balance your time and your priorities and and working with mums who don't have a lot of time and don't have a lot of time to meal plan or, you know, those sorts of things um, because they've got this newborn in the house. Um, So that's kind of the one set of mums I work with. And the second set is mums who have sort of had their kids and their kids might be, you know, 18 months to, to five or six or, or even older. But it's usually about that time frame because it's the mums that are, okay, I've had my kids, they're a little bit older, I'm out of that newborn phase or out of that baby phase. Now I have time to work on me and I really invest, I want to invest in that and want to go a bit deeper into the emotional eating that's come up for them um, or, you know, now they have the time to get out and go to the gym or really focus on their exercise. So we work on that. Um, yeah, so they're the two groups, the mums, the newborn mums, and then the mums who have had their kids and are ready to really work deeply on themselves and their health. Yeah, it's really interesting. I see exactly the same parallel with chiropractic and the clients. Um, you know, I obviously see dads as well. So I see that once the, the children go to school or in maybe three or four-year-old kinder, yeah, then, then they go, okay, oh, what's happened to us? We've put the kids first. <laughs> and now we really need to get ourselves back on track. And, um, totally. and as, as also I see the new ones as well. You know, we yeah. had difficult births as well. So interesting, yeah. interesting parallels. Okay, yeah. so, so tell us about, I'm curious about your second birth now because you, you gave us a little hint <laughs> that that was completely different. It was. Look, well, it was, it was similar and it was different. It was similar in that it ended up being a C-section as well, mm-hmm. uh, much to my disgust. Um, I was all on board for a VBAC. I worked specifically with a VBAC nurse and in a special clinic um, because I really wanted to give give vaginal birth or natural birth a go again. Um, and because my daughter was breached, you know, my first child was breached, everyone was telling me there's no real need that you'd have to have a Caesar again. It's You know, there wasn't any internal things that were not working right or, you know, yeah. to, to lead down that path again. So we're all on board for a VBAC. I got to 40 weeks, awesome. Started having some um, kind of pre-labor signs, a little bit of back pain, Um actually ended up losing a little bit of fluid probably a week before that 
um, which I thought was my waters breaking, but, you know, no, it was assured by all the nurses that, no, that wasn't it and keep waiting, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so then we get to the hospital at 40 weeks just to go for another check with our VBAC nurse um, and she finds out that that was actually my waters breaking that I needed to get the baby out now. Um, so ended up having another C-section. Is that more because of the protocol that there can be more than 48 hours? Look, I think so, and also because there was no fluid then around the baby at all um, and that they just felt it was safer to do it that way. And, again, I don't know what happens to me when I'm in that situation. This strong, articulate lady just kind of succumbs to whatever she's being told at that time. And, and look, I really did trust the doctors there and I really trusted my VBAC nurse who was also kind of saying, I think C-section is the right thing to do right now. Um, and I built up a great relationship with her. So I was willing to trust her in that situation. So we went down the road of Caesar um, and that was fine. This was a different hospital, different experience. I did get, um, bon- you know, I did get skin to skin time straight away with my son. So that was fantastic. I did build up that bond straight away. And I guess where it all changes for me is eight weeks after he's born is I get rushed to emergency with appendicitis. Oh, God, Anna. Oh, my God. And so then spend four days in hospital without my baby. And, um, oh, my gosh, I just have the most vivid memory of me in the emergency department, you know, in, in this gruelling pain. Um, but forgetting about myself and just saying as loud as I can, I need a breast pump. Can someone bring me a breast pump? Your boob would have been so big. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, I was trying to manage pumping and sending milk home with my husband um, and all the while just being in this excruciating pain and, and, and then being sent home from hospital, having my appendix out full of antibiotics to try and get rid of the toxicity in my system and then dealing with six months of chronic IBS symptoms because of but all of those factors. Um, so that's where I guess the struggles came from the second birth was that, that chronic digestive issues after that. So I've got a, a two-and-a-bit-year-old, a newborn, and an and IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. Like So that for that reason, I guess, you know, the health coaching and the – particular interest now in gut health and um and teaching mums about that and the importance of that especially um from the mum's point of view so for mums who have um need to work on their gut but then also I guess from from the child's point of view and and you know for me having two cesareans and knowing that the best the best bacterial start for those babies is going through the birth canal and and neither of my kids having that um, I guess built my passion more around that area and, and how do I then give my babies the best chance at life and the best chance of optimum gut health when they haven't had that, that you know, start as a newborn. Yeah. Um, so that's a particular area of interest now for me and, and working on probiotics and prebiotics in terms of plant-based foods and things. Um, that I guess that's where my interest lies in, in health coaching. So I, I work with mom specifically on that as part of the program. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I know. I mean, I didn't have any C-sections, but um, three hours after Shai was born, we were in the hospital and he had, uh, you know, infuse of antibiotics and had to take him home and oral antibiotics. I was like, oh, no, 
you just undid all my oh, work like you know you know they're looking at me with two heads when I was like oh no can you please test what's going on before you know you need to give some cultures before you do that and they're like yeah. you've got a three hour old baby who's struggling to breathe with a black line on x-ray and then I go okay okay now 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 I'm okay to sort of give that but yeah. I know what you mean but you know really they got the colostrum they got the breast milk they got the good, yep. they got the good gut health in pregnancy as well exactly so there are lots of things that people can do and you know, these days we've got amazing products amazing That's products to, to rebuild gut health and thank god we know so much more as well exactly yeah yeah so tell us a little bit more um you mentioned plant-based is that more where you come from are you vegetarian I'm actually vegan or whole food plant-based, I would say, rather than vegan. I'm not sure I love that title of being vegan um, because it comes with so many different things for different people. So I would definitely say whole food plant-based is is where my family's at. Um, And look, the mums that come to me don't necessarily know that to begin with or they do know that. It doesn't seem to bother anyone um, because I guess my message is to get more fruit and veg and, and whole grains and good fats into people's diet and, and everyone is on board with that, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, so I guess I help mums to bring more plants and more plant-based food into their life, um, not with the intention for them to become 100% whole food plant-based, but just to introduce those foods um, as a way of getting healthy, a way of losing weight or a way of helping the microbiome um, to flourish, all those sorts of things. I think that plant-based, those plant-based meals can definitely be beneficial for everyone and every family. Um, So that's where I come from, um, from that perspective. Um, And it's been fantastic for my family. It's my kids are thriving from it. Um, I you know, definitely have more energy, more vitality, better skin. Um, For me, weight loss or or weight maintenance now is so easy. You know, I don't have to count calories. I Just the way that I eat in terms of plant-based just maintains my ideal weight for me, which for me is such a no-brainer because I've got so many other things to worry about rather than, you know, worrying about having to count calories or what, what foods I'm eating um, so eating this way has really been a game changer for me, definitely. I mean, let's just sort of put that, um, you know, to rest that calorie counting. Uh, you so, know, it just doesn't make sense. You eat 1,400 uh, calories of, of cake or you eat 1,400 <laughs> calories of salad and you keep doing yeah. that for, for weeks on end. Now, the same calories are in there, of course. Yeah. But there's not the same nutrition. So exactly. calories, calorie counting is just old school doesn't make sense and then then something that um you know dr damien christoph who i work with at vita in in um, in melbourne what he talks about um because he's also a naturopath and a chiropractor what he talks about is really basically the um the intelligence of food so if if food has intelligence for example if you plant a seed and um it's going to grow into a whole other plant versus if you let's say for example cook and cook an apple seed it's, you know, once you make an apple cake, for example, it's not going to mm-hmm. be able to grow anything. So eating things basically live, the same as, you know, real real salmon or tuna versus um, one that's been in a tin, you yeah. know, for, for months on end. And even though they're both tuna and salmon, one will yeah. go off and the other one won't. So there's, yeah. real, there's real energy in there. There's real, there's real fuel. So I hear what you're saying. And, um, yeah, it's, it's like you said, it makes it a little bit of a no-brainer as well yeah. to, to eat live food. 
That's, yeah. where, that's where the energy comes from. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'd love to hear, I'm sure you have many, um, an affirmation <laughs> or a quote or something that, you know, you've, you've had such a story to, to come to where you are, that sort of something that gives a meaning to you and what you do and how you apply it in your life. Yeah. You know, this quote actually comes from a beautiful friend of mine um, and her and I created a group together called Mum Folk and, and this, this woman is a beautiful woman and she came up with this quote one day for our group and it really resonated with me and, and I love it and I'd love to share it with you and, and it goes like this. And so she designed a life she loved, starting where she was, using what she had and doing what she could. And I just love that because it really is where mums are at. You know, they, you start where you are, you know, and, and that's such a different place for, for everyone. You know, your journey is, is totally different from the next mum's journey. Um, and so I love to, you know, especially in my coaching and, and when I work with women to start where they are and, and use what you have, use what resources and, and strengths, and I guess that comes from my social work perspective as well, real strengths-based approach to social work and using what you have and then doing what you can with that and, and designing a life you love out of that, out of those strengths and out of where you're starting from and building on that. So no, I love that. It's like um, solution-based. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't realise that mum folk wasn't yours. I thought that was just your group. That's yeah, it actually started with me and this other beautiful woman, Sky Shannon, um, and she's kind of moved in a different direction in her coaching and her her um, her life, I guess. Um, so I've taken over the group, but yeah, it definitely started with both of us creating that. Yeah, great. So so this topic really nourishing the mother postpartum. Let's get into some of the um, really some of the top health tips that you would give mums really when you start what would be some of the the things where you'd start obviously it's a lot to go through and it needs to be individualized but what would be some of the top health tips that we could um, share with the audience yeah um look my first one would definitely be to eat as close to whole foods as possible so you know just like you were saying before really look for those um living foods or um yeah foods as you say that are you know energetically really good um so uh, whole foods that can be you know whole grains good fats you know a lot of avocado and walnuts and flax seeds all those sorts of things um, lots of lots of fruit and veg is what I encourage mums to have. And, you know, mums are always looking for meal ideas and lunchbox ideas and all those things. So a, a lot of what I do is to create my own or source other recipes that are sort of old favourites um, but turned into healthier versions of that. So, you know, you might look at your typical nachos. So we start with that and then we look at, okay, how can we make that perhaps a bean nachos to get that fiber and to get um, pro- protein that way and if you don't want to have it from animal sources. And then we look at the, the corn chips. Okay, let's remove the corn chips and just grill some pita bread with some herbs and spices on it. Um, and, and let's take away the cheese and that, and that um, I guess, that sort of saturated fat that, that might not be the best for these mums. And let's replace that with maybe some nutritional yeast flakes and get a great B vitamin in there. So, you know, we, again, it's, it's starting with something and just tweaking that or, or, or building onto that to make it as close to whole foods as possible. Um, and I really find that, that the mums and then subsequently the whole family 
starts to really thrive when they they change to eating more whole foods rather than processed foods. Um, and and the, the top tip I guess I would give to mums to start with is when you go into the supermarket, if you can fill your trolley with 90% from the outskirts of the supermarket, so all that fresh food produce, um, you're going to be winning. So if 90% of your, your trolley is filled from that, then you're only going to have 10% left to have uh, you know any of the processed foods or packaged foods or whatever you might sources or whatever you might be having so I love to give those sorts of practical tips to mums to um, make it easy and make it realistic to include these things in their life and and make that sustainable I guess not a quick fix yeah yeah no I used to teach if you can pick it from from the ground <clears throat> from a tree if it flies in the sky you know swims swims in the ocean or you know walks on you know on the earth then then that's a real food as opposed yeah. to you know there is no such thing as a bread tree you know, yeah that doesn't produce a bread loaf or you know it's you just can't pluck yeah. that and you know so like getting back to nature yeah yeah, yeah. that would definitely be my starting point and um, the second one is cutting caffeine or at least reducing it and, and this is such a hard one because <laughs> mums, this is their special space, right? <laughs> their coffee in their day is sacred. And I, I get that. And it's not about cutting out that ritual because I know that ritual is really important. Um, it's about reducing the caffeine, in, caffeine intake because I really see if they start with coffee or a double shot or a, or a large latte in the morning, it just, I can see how their day is going to go. And, you know, the, the caffeine will stimulate them, the increase in blood sugar, and then later that blood sugar is going to crash below their plateau and then they're going to have to have that sugar to, to get them back up to that energy level. So if I can get them to reduce that caffeine they have through the day, I definitely see their mood and their energy levels stabilize throughout the day, which is what mums are looking for um, really is that constant energy or that constant mood and not those huge swings or fluctuations. Because when you're, you know, look, trying to look after a family or, you know, especially a new baby, you really need that consistent level. Um, so a lot of mums I'll work with actually won't cut out the ritual, but they'll switch it to decaf coffee or they'll switch it to a herbal tea or something else where they still get that ritual of that warm drink of that time to themselves that that self-care sort of nourishing time of day but that they do that then without those swings later in the day so that's a really big one for mums and one which really seems to work with the women that I coach and they seem to benefit from a lot. So it might seem like a small thing, but it really has a snowball effect on their whole day. I mean, we should also mention it is a drug. You know, exactly. at the end of the day, it affects our physiology. And when you drink exactly. coffee, you stimulate the adrenaline to be released uh, from the adrenals. And what you're basically telling your body is you're being chased by a tiger. That's it. If you're being chased by a tiger, the blood's being uh, directed more towards your limbs so that you can run really quickly and get your heart racing. And um, at that point in time, it's not really interested in, um, in digesting food. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, why would I digest my food if I'm a bit about to be chased uh, by a tiger? So, yeah. you know, that means our digestion goes off and it's actually 90 minutes. There's 90 minutes after you drink coffee where you, um, where you won't be able to digest your food very well. So... 
you know, that's something that people need to keep in mind. And also some of the things I was reading is that if you've got issues with your child getting to fall asleep and you're breastfeeding and you're drinking coffee, Mm -hmm. (laughs) there's also some thoughts that that could be coming through to the milk as well. So I'm totally with you on that. And I think people are already pushed with limited sleep and the easy fix is to go for the short-term gratification coffee to get that, you know, but you do need another one and you do need another one and you do need another one. So it makes more sense to get real energy. Yeah. From what you're speaking about. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, you know, the, the next two are kind of intertwined with mums, I find, and they move your body and self-care. And and for me that is kill two birds with one stone, I like to say. So for me moving my body is totally self-care. Um, I really enjoy movement and fitness and um, and getting out into nature and that the fresh air that comes with that. Um, I love moving my body in terms of yoga or Pilates, which is, again, a form of meditation for me and a self-care. And it's even taking an hour out of your day to do something for yourself. And I think that is a form of self-care. And, and what better way to, to use that self-care to move your body and benefit, get all the benefits that come with that. Um, so I, I teach that to new mums and I teach that to seasoned mums, you know, moving your body and self-care are both so important. Um, and I guess, you know, a lot of people struggle with, I don't have time to go to the gym or I don't particularly like running or, you know, and again, it's starting where people are at. And, and one exercise I love to do with mums is to go back and look at what did you love to do as a kid? So, did you love to ride your bike or, or were you really good at tennis? You really enjoyed that aspect of it, that social aspect or were you a dancer, you know? What what lights you up or what lit you up as a kid can often be what's going to light you up as an adult. Um, so sometimes we, we go back there and do that exercise and go, okay, cool, let's, let's incorporate a dance class into your day or, sorry, into your week, you know? So finding exercise and movement that, people and mums are going to love rather than just forcing them, okay, let's go to the gym and do this workout because it's going to, you know, get you fitter quickly or whatever. That's that's just not sustainable for people. So finding something they love is is what I like to do and what I like to um, get people back into, I guess, when they're looking for more movement in their life. Oh, I totally love that tip, find, find uh, what you liked as a child. Yeah. Oh, that's a great yeah. tip. Yeah, so they would they would definitely be the, the top things that I start with with mums and, and as you said, it's totally individualised program and we work on people's goals and what's important to them. Um, but those themes will come up again and again, I guess, with the mums that I work with. Nice, nice. Well, you've already shared some of your struggles. Maybe um, personally, maybe you've got a struggle professionally that you'd like to share, um, what you learned and what was the result, maybe in the social work or even now. Sure. Look, I think for me the struggle has been, I guess, that finding that right balance um, between being a working mum and being a mum who looks after kids. And and that's something I have really struggled with and I'm not sure that's ever going to leave me. I think you're right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's called mama guilt. And totally. We need to remind ourselves that we're always enough, you know. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that's that's exactly right. And 
I, I get a lot of pleasure and a lot of um, stimulation and challenge out of being a, a working mum. And I don't think, you know, like many mums would probably say or working mums would probably say, I don't think I can be the best mum to my kids if I was staying at home with them full time. For me personally, that wouldn't work. And, you know, I'm definitely raising a spirited child in in my daughter. So I think it's really important for her and for me to have some time with other people and doing other things. Um, so for me, getting back into work, although I have struggled with that and the guilt, as he's talking about, I think it's been really important for me. And and I guess to help me through that, I've created a really strong support system around my around me, um, emotionally supportive to help me in those times where I do feel really guilty about not being at home with the kids. Um, but also professionally, so having a business coach or having a, a support network of other wellness entrepreneurs where, you know, we can talk about these struggles and we can talk about the challenges and, and then lift each other up and go, do you know what, you're doing an amazing job and encourage each other to keep going because that's what I need and it's that connection, I guess, that I crave um, in my day-to-day. So, so that's been really important for me, creating that support network around me emotionally and professionally so that I'm held up and, um, and, and strongly supported by other, in particular other, other women um, to get through that struggle. No, it's a, it's a great tip. And I think one of the things is really just acceptance, you know. At the end of the day, when a mum has to go back at six weeks or 12 weeks, you know, it's because she had no choice. I'm sure she would have wanted something different, but there's an acceptance that you have to come to that place as well. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I'm sure you get up quite early to do what you do. What what drives you? Um, do you know, actually there's a few things that drive me. And number one, I'm a very driven person in myself. I think I was kind of born, I have that innate drive and, you know, my own passion drives me to get up in the morning. I love getting up for whatever reason. I, I actually... <laughs> You know, some women are going to hate me for saying this, but I do. I bounce out of bed looking forward to the day. And and whether that's a day, you know, one day or one and a half days at home with my kids, so whether that's getting up, woohoo, you know, what are we doing today, an adventure with the kids and, and really immersing myself in that, or whether it's the knowledge that, okay, I'm going to drop my kids at, at their childcare today and I get to work with some amazing women and coach um, women but also interact with different, you know, wellness people, wellness entrepreneurs. Um, so that passion really drives me. Um, and, the, and the connection, I guess, is what drives me, whether that be with my kids or my husband or women I'm coaching or, or colleagues, that connection and that connecting with other women in particular is definitely what makes me tick I guess and what what gets me up in the morning what drives me to do what I do definitely just a question is most of the health coaching done um, face-to-face and one-on-one or is it is it also I know you said you went to mother's groups but is it also something you do online it could someone be in the other side of the globe listening definitely so um, I probably go about half half in terms of my clients at the moment about half will come and see me in my home um, and the other half either on phone or Skype. So it doesn't seem to make much of a difference. We still do beautiful work and I can, you know, we get that same connection whether we're in face or uh, in person or, or on the phone or Skype. It doesn't seem to matter. So that's what I love about, about 
you know, this career is that, you know, you can work from home. Um, you can work with people who also need to be at home with their kids. Maybe that, you know, a lot of my clients will schedule their, their session when their kids are asleep, you know, so they put the kids to bed, then they come and do the health coaching and have that time for themselves. So yeah, it works really well like that. Yeah. It's super flexible. So maybe you could share some of the best advice that you ever received in terms of maybe parenting or motherhood or self-care. Yeah. Um, you know, the best advice, and I'm not sure where I heard this from, but the best advice I have ever received can be, you know, apply to all areas of my life. And that's, you know, don't compare your start to someone else's middle or your middle to someone else's end. You know, I think so many women can get caught up in that comparison game um, in terms of their health journey or their, their birth experience or parenting. Um, you know, but we all come from such different places, I guess, and different points in our life that, you know, someone you think might be, oh, my gosh, you look at them and they look like they've got it all together or that, you know, they're where you want to be with your fitness or your health or whatever. But they might have been working on their health for years. You know, you never know the story that comes behind that. So, yeah, don't compare your start to someone else's middle. Just like that quote that I love, just start from where you're at and build on that because that's what's going to get you, I guess, the best results and and not have that feeling or anxiety of of that comparison to other women. No, it's beautiful advice. And, um, well, I'd love you to share some invaluable resources that that you tap into, um, some books or websites or anything you'd love to share. Definitely. Definitely. You know, the, the, the book in terms of health that I am reading at the moment and, and come back to many times different parts of this book is actually quite a funny title. It's called How Not to Die by Dr. Michael Greger. And it really talks about all those, um, those foods, as we were talking about, those whole foods and, and in particular plant-based foods and, and health, um, health advice, I guess, on, on how to live and, and, you know, I hear so many people talking about, um, but we're living so much longer these days, you know, how, how can we be unhealthy as a nation? We're living so much longer. And, and what I, I try to look at is, yes, we're living so much longer, but we're not living well so much longer. We're almost, you know, spending the second half of our life dying or, you know, pr- prolonging that life, but not having that quality of life. So this book for me is really, you know, it's called How Not to Die, but it's, how to live well as well and how to live the most healthy way you can and how to prolong that living experience rather than prolonging that dying experience, if that makes sense. Oh, it definitely makes sense. Yeah, you don't want to be stopping uh, and just sitting behind the gerani- geraniums and watching the world go by. You want to be moving and active. and Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So I love that for health. And then for parenting, something that's been a really good book for me is called, it's actually called Raising a Spirited Child. Oh, I know um, the book. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> it's been fantastic and it's really helped me to um, parent my spirited child, my gorgeous child, um, in the kindest way and the gentlest way I know possible and, and help um, her get to, because all the qualities that spirited children have are going to serve them so well in later life, um, but it's how to get through, I guess, raising a child like that so that all these qualities can come out in a positive way in adulthood so that you can get them there in the kindest way possible. So that's been really, real fantastic help for me and and for my husband as well who has read that as well. 
Great, great. So, um, well, one more question. You've mentioned a few things, but I'd love you to share all of your um, details, whether it be your email address, the Facebook group, and anything that we can find out how to best get in touch with you and find out about your services. Cool. Thanks, Kaz. Um, so Mumfolk is my um, group on Facebook, which is beautiful um, for Australian mums specifically. It's that local connection um, of other mums who are, you know, health conscious or, or wanting to really invest in their health and in their family's health. Um, so it's a beautiful community there. We talk about all sorts of um, different aspects of health and, and share resources with each other or share our struggles and our tips. Um, and then my website is just anachism.com or www.anachism.com and that's my website and I have my blog on there and my recipes and, and also how to get in touch with me in terms of finding out more about health coaching and what I do as a health coach. Um, yeah, so they're probably the best ways to get in touch with me. Brilliant. Brilliant. Yeah, no, I, I love the group actually. If I can give it a little plug as well. It's, um... oh, thank you. <laughs> well, that's how we met really, I think. Yeah. 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 Nice, nice. Well, thank you so much for sharing everything about just helping mums get back on track and, and also for sharing um, some personal, uh, uh, personal things there too about your births and struggles. Thank you, Anna. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. I really enjoyed it. Yay. Okay, bye. Thanks, Cal. See ya. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Mums the Word. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review us on iTunes and join us on our Facebook page to help us share the message to more mums all over the world. We look forward to having you join us again next time here on your trusted source for all mums everywhere, Mums the Word. This has been a production of TheWellnessCouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on Facebook.com forward slash TheWellnessCouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst The Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of The Wellness Couch podcasts.